The Backdoor GA Podcast for 2023 is now brought to you by Steed Motor Group. For your personalised vehicle shopping experience, visit stevemotorgroup.ie. We are now delighted to announce our second sponsor of the podcast. Harper Finley are a professional service recruitment company operating nationwide and are dedicated to helping people find their dream job. We're delighted now to be joined by former Galway senior footballer Eddie Hoare and hopefully we'll have uh, Irish examiner journalist uh, Morris Brosnan in in the next few minutes. Uh, we're looking ahead to Galway's final group game um, in the All-Ireland series against Armagh this weekend in Carrigan Shannon. Much debate about the venue but Carrigan Shannon is where it takes place in the end. It really looks like Galway will have top spot and they would have to lose by a superior score really to um, avoid not getting top spot on the seed. So Galway really looked like they had top spot. Eddie, just to bring you in before we um, touch on the match um the league in Galway it's obviously been taking a bit of um preference um it's been it's, it has been run off really well though is one thing you'd have to say to the county board to be at a league semi-final stage already um in June yeah no definitely um obviously there was a lot of calls for the split season personally I agree with the split season I think it's good for club players and most of your players will be at, at club level and ultimately like I said uh, it, it, it is good for the clubs and I think they, they'd recognise that. I do think on the other hand, inter-county wise, they do need to probably look at at tweaking it. It's it's a little bit drawn out insofar as there's not enough, I think, knockout, um, knockout games are not enough, I suppose, relevance given to some, some of the games. So again, I think they can look at that and maybe tweak that side. But in terms, like I said, of a split season, I think it has worked worked very, very well from a club perspective. Like us as a club, we from March on, you have a game every two weeks, right throughout the right right throughout the right throughout the spring. And um we'll also be getting an opportunity then, let's say, depending on Galway's progress in July, August and September to be playing championship football. So again, I think it um it it bodes well going forward and albeit there can be some tweaks here and there. I think the the, the it has worked very very well to date. You've had a relatively good lead yourselves, Michael's into the league semi final. Obviously, this Friday now against Kerr Kerfin. Yeah, no, we we'd all acknowledge that. I think it's been a, a good league campaign, top four in, in in Division One. We maintained Division One status, I think, for over ten years. So we're an established Division One side, playing Kerfin on Friday night now at eight o'clock out in Kerfin. So it's a a really, really good test of where we're at in terms of um, our preparation for championship. The championship draws are on next Monday night in Radinogeltukta. So again, that's always a good. Um, Any time the draw is made, it's 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 a, it's a good. It's a good reminder of um, getting the minds set and the bodies set for championship. But in terms of the league, we'd be very, very happy with the progress that we've made. We've integrated in a lot of young players, got more out of the young guys that were integrated in last year. And um, we still have some of the old timers like myself still knocking in, knocking around. The legs mightn't be as good, but the, 
the heads are still not too bad. But no, we have a really, really good blend, a good mix, really good management structure in place. The guy's been there now for three years. There's really good continuity there. And I, I think it's it's reflective in our performances, our game plan, the style at which we play. And uh, hopefully, again, um, another solid performance on on Friday night and it will bode well for either a league final or indeed the championship in the, in a few weeks to come. Is there an eagerness after last year coming up short in the quarterfinal to push things on this year? Yeah, I think the lads, um, the management team would probably be conscious of, of, of performance and, and, and just driving out the the type of the style of game plan that they'd like. Yes, there would be a disappointment in the dressing room last year. We felt that um, we, we could have reached the semi-finals and um, hopefully that can be bottled up and I think it has in terms of a reflection of, of, our, of our league performance this year. There is an eagerness there. I think we'd have taken a lot from last year that we're not too far away from uh, the, the, the what you would have called the leading pack. I think um, we're top four in Division 1. Uh, I think we're there in Merit. We um, had a very, very good league campaign. I think we only lost one game. The last game was uh, was a dead rubber. It wasn't... Um, relevant to the to the standings so no we have had a very very good league campaign and championship coming up we're, we're really really looking forward to it and there's a good excitement around the club we've a lot of young players coming 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 through we've um really good network uh, within the club in terms of juvenile right throughout to senior and um i think it bodes well for the future for for us as a club and indeed then and for for the likes of park joyce and Galway seniors they'll get a lot from from our club going forward hopefully and we have Morris brosnan here as well Morris, we're just talking about the minute um really about how successful and how i suppose how good that the Galway club leagues have been ran this year when you consider you're in league semi-finals already in the second weekend in June. Yeah, it's been phenomenal. I think the league has really stood to we're we're playing the league semi-final on Friday night. Like just from I can speak from my own perspective, we got a huge amount of value out of it. The only the one thing I would say, Paul, just a small thing, I think um if I was to make a slight adjustment, I think the the concession of games, you've got situation you look at South now, for example, like there are there are rival so I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't generally have much sympathy for South Taylor, but there'll be seven weeks out of the game for a league final because that semi-final, according to the Guy J website anyway, has been conceded. Aaron aren't going to field on Friday. And uh, that is wrong, I think. I just I don't think that should be tolerable, really. So I, th I think concession of games like that, at, there's been a couple of, we're in Division 2, there's been a couple of games conceded in that division. A semi-final conceded is is poor. So slight tweaks. I Personally, I, I think there's nothing wrong with top two into a final, top two repeat relegation and going that way. I don't think you necessarily need to go go full bore and have these semi-finals and playoffs when you know there's fine margins in these leagues. You could be fourth, you could be sixth, and it's the difference between competing for promotion and getting relegated. So I, I think there's not be nothing wrong with one or two. That's a slight tweak, but generally, just speaking broadly, I think it's been been a, a huge success. I think the clubs getting massive value out of it. I have to say again, I give huge praise to the goalie management for for letting us play league football. I'll go back to we our first league game this year was away to Carlos Shannon out there. And Sean Fitzgerald played phenomenally well that day. And I think he's really kicked on since. But the fact that the, those lads are less played for football, I think a huge testament to the guys. So this, they're definitely, it's not perfect, I would say, but it is a, it is definitely a positive news story. Yeah, I think it's a good point just on uh, how you, Morris, how you keep it. 
I think, you know, that is a good valid point. I, I think the one up, one down, before you used to have three, maybe three going down. And there's a lot more to play for. For instance, our last game against Carafin was ultimately a dead rubber because we're going to play them next Friday night anyways. Yeah, so yeah. that game was 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 irrelevant. But to 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 add to your point again on Porrick Joyce and the senior management team, like they've brought in the likes of Sam O'Neill, they brought in Sean Fitzgerald earlier in the year. Like that bodes quite well for I take for example ourselves on Friday night, the likes of your Conal Gallagher's, these types of guys, they'll be looking to impress on Friday night because they feel that the door is always open for Porrick Joyce to maybe integrate them into the setup. So again it makes for a much more competitive and uh, a better league and you get the most out of some of your better players. So again, I think that open door policy across the championship being introduced by Porrick, like Morris has said, has definitely led to a more competitive and more interesting league 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 um league 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 standings. And Morris probably being as positive as being just uh, every second week playing these games. Yeah, and I think, like, from a development perspective, I think players, like, as there doesn't need to be any explain to, to anybody else, but players get so much value out of that, of having games every second week, of having, I think there's a, it's the, the fact that they're structured. I just, to build on what Eddie said there, I think that's that's a great point. Like, I do think that when you look at it from a broad perspective, the, the, the idea that it's a tangible goal that if I play well in club football, that management are paying attention to club football, there's a chance that I would kick on, is a huge plus. And we've seen that, like, it, you know, sometimes I, I kind of laugh, it's, it's very hard for, for media to report on the ongoings within Galway A, because we don't know much what's going on there, but B, because, you know, they might play an A versus a B game and invite somebody in. And then you can't technically report that he's part of the, the management, because, or part of the squad, because he's only coming into make up the numbers. But at the same time, it's a huge plus for a young lad to be invited in to make up numbers in a, in a A versus a B game. And the fact that I think a lot of that is rewarding form as well. There definitely seems to be an element of, you, you know, I, if you go look at this big picture, Paul, from Don Dibley's workshops going on to the clubs, I just know from like, talking to West Galway clubs, as far out as, as Clifton, out in Humber, they've got huge value out of that. They've, they're, from a coach perspective, that has really built up trust with clubs. You talk about the development squads, I think that has been a major plus. I know it's not, Again, it's not perfect, and maybe you'd like a bit more their interaction with that. But the fact that there, for a lot of lads, there seems to be a, a genuine pathway. There's guys who had very good club form last year, might be on the fringes. I look at some of the Sotil lads now, for example, who are in that development squad at the minute, who could, I, there's absolutely every chance some of those lads could kick on, but maybe that is a nice, it's a bridging point. And the fact that, so club football matters now, club football is relevant, we're paying attention to what's going on there, and we'll reward your form if you're playing well there. I think all that goes well. Mm, definitely, yeah. And John Maher again is a really good example. Club form really good last year. I think John O'Mahony had spoken for Joyce. He respected his view, his opinion, and Galway football has been the beneficiary. And I'm sure there's other examples, but he's just one of the ones from last year in terms of club form. It is being looked at, which is important. In years gone by, sometimes inter-county setups might have been perceived as a, as, as a closed shop. Um, Park Joyce, I suppose he he gave so much to Killer Air, and he he always valued club football when he was even playing with Galway. He, gave so much to his club right to the bitter end. And um, I think that's reflective in, in the style of management in terms of picking players on form and respecting the clubs. And going back to us, going back to what we said, it's 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 only good for club football in Galway and, and the league format benefits. And, and Paul, just on that point, that's a really good point because if you look at, it's a testament to, like, so in fairness to Galway, they're doing something right with the clubs. But the clubs have to do something right as well. And they are. Like the John Maher one is a perfect example. For, for Donkey's years, you look nationally, the talk was, if you're not in with a, a, in the mix in an inter-county setup, you won't be athletically ready for inter-county football. You need exposure to this level for a couple of years. 
And John Maher is effectively, he was there in 2020, fair enough, but he, no, he was no involvement in 2021 or 2022, and he's parachuted back in. And if anything, he looks like one of the most athletic players in the team right now. He, he's flying. Daniel Rafferty is another testament to that. A guy who, again, had a great club campaign last year that dropped in, doesn't look out of place whatsoever. There's other lads who are knocking around the fringes of that development panel, the likes of Donald Hunter, my, uh, Thomas Butter, the other Canaan. They are all, like that, that development will all have them in very good stead for next year. And that benefits, right? So that's a great thing for Galway football. But that's a benefit for club football too. Like club football is benefiting out of this relationship as well. That there's a general arising standard. We know the standards, the standards are good, A, because we're seeing the performances of when my cutting get out of Galway, for example, and they're well able to compete elsewhere. Some of the biggest tests my cutting got in contact were in Galway. That's just a fact. So I think from a, from a Galway football perspective, we're in a good place. But it, it, there's, it's a working in tandem. It's down to what's happening at the top and what's happening within clubs. Yeah, and another point to probably like to touch on that benefits the whole thing is is Galway are probably one of the top two or three teams, and maybe years gone by we would have slipped out of that and maybe been considered a quarter top eight, top ten, and the interest might have been resonated down. So like I know if I was still in in my prime looking to knock on the door of an intercounty uh, intercounty team, you you you'd want to, you'd want to be involved, and and, and yeah. that well to a development side before we often seen that some players just didn't want to win whereas now they all seem to want to be there they want to be involved because they know Galway with a little bit of luck or ball breaking one way or the other they're they're really in the conversation for Sam Maguire so again it's 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 reflective of the overall setup where we're at in terms of uh, national honours so it's, it bodes well for, 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 for Galway going forward and hopefully hopefully a long summer ahead Sure, and just just before we do touch on uh, the goal, Leitrim, Morris, the Miners were obviously playing at the weekend against Derry. I was down at it myself. It was just one of those days. They obviously lost out in the end to Derry, one thirteen to four points. Just felt it was one of those days where Allerton went wrong, just went wrong down at Garrigan Shannon. Yeah, and you get that you get that variance a lot at seventeens in particular. Well, you go back to the Ireland win last year, like there was huge variances in. I did said I did the kind of final that year. If you would ask me after that game, but I could win an Ireland title, I couldn't have seen it coming. But that, that variance has happened. It probably happens on a, a particularly bad day. The other thing I'd say as well is I you look at Derry and in particular Monaghan this year, I think, and there is definitely you could they're very well conditioned teams, like extremely well conditioned teams. And at whatever about a senior level, uh, when you're talking underage football, that is just such a huge gulf. Like that, that it really is the that can be the deciding of games. Now, on the flip side, I'm not always necessarily sure how if you're athletically dominant a guy at 17, doesn't it's not guaranteed you're going to do the same thing when you get to 2021, 22. So I don't know, does it necessarily stand to, to other players as well? But yeah, this is just last you look at last year, I thought Galway Mayo looked very good from the very start this year. I thought Derry and Monaghan looked like very good minor teams. I actually watched the, I covered the Tyrone Anthem for playing in a, a minor game before oh, Derry yeah. played Monaghan in the same final. Tyrone, I think they put 8.42 to two points up. That the, that was a phenomenally strong Tyrone team. And this Monaghan bet then. So when you consider that was a level that was coming out of Ulster, I think it just happened that this year we had the same way it happened in Connacht last year. We had two very good teams coming out of Ulster. This was probably... I'm not going to say in the works, but it wasn't. It wouldn't be a huge surprise either that there was a small bit of growth there. Yeah, probably two significant blows throughout the year for Galway was losing Jack Inan and uh, Sean Walsh. Any your own club and Alan Glenn involved with that team. Disappointing way to finish, but there, there's still plenty of players that you'll expect to see 
uh, pushing on out to under 20s probably next year. Yeah, Alan would always, in any of his post-match uh, interviews, would always, his his big take-home will be bringing players through, bringing players through. Last year was a phenomenal year for them, like going on in the All-Ireland against a really, really good Mayo team. Like they couldn't have asked for more in terms of like what, what they brought. Um, winning that All-Ireland was like, leaves a massive mark. We just haven't won very little of them. 2007 was our last, I think, 86 before that. So, like, Alan has left a, a massive mark over the last four years. And, and I'm sure next year we'll integrate some of the some of the guys that that were 16s this year as well. But his, his philosophy would always be to to instill good values in the team, to to put them in a better shape for the likes of Park Joyce to pick them up in a year or two's time and he's certainly done that in spades and always winning as a bonus and last year like I said was a, a phenomenal year for them minor like Morris mentioned on mentioned is it can be fickle Galway could have won last week and they could have gone on and won the All-Ireland like last year I think I know I remember just an example when we were minor in 2005 we won the Connacht and all four provincial finalists were uh, Provincial winners were beaten in the quarterfinals like two weeks later. Um, the same, I think, happened last year. There were all four, um, I'm not sure, no, it actually didn't happen last year, but a number of the the provincial finalists bet the provincial winners. So minor can be up and down. It, it can often be ba ba based on form. And like a, like Galway bet Derry in, in an All-Ireland semi-final last year was a unbelievable performance. And I'd say Derry had probably that bottled up and that little bit extra, extra, I suppose motivation in terms of having lost last year, having lost to Galway last year, and um, like you mentioned, when you lose one or two key players as well throughout the course of a season, it makes a big, big difference at that level. Sean Walsh is a, he's a very like he's the physique of a of a senior player, and um, he was a big, big loss. And against the likes of Jerry, who notoriously be physical, um, physical teams up north at that level. Um, he was a big, big loss. But from Alan's perspective, he'll take a lot from bringing these guys on, bottle up that taste of defeat and channel it positively going forward into their under-20s and senior careers and also um, with their clubs later in the summer. Yeah, Morris, Eddie just mentions under-20s there. Um, there's been three under-20s drafted into the senior panel, um, which includes Sam O'Neill, uh, Killian O'Carroll and Liam O'Connell. Last time you are on, you, you were calling for Killian O'Carroll to be called in. He has been, but... Those other two as well, um, join them in the senior panel. Yeah, I think there might be one more as well, I think. But um, as I say, we're, we're always, you always guess them with this kind of stuff. But yeah, I, as I mentioned to you at the time, Paul, I just thought we played them in Comortes this year. I thought Killian was at another level and I thought he had a great year with the 20s. And just, uh, if you zone out on this slightly, I think, you know, there'll, there'll be an element of disappointment that what happened last weekend, no doubt. And there'll be an element of disappointment what happened in June against LIGO. But success... To my mind, that, that that's a development grade. That's what you should, your focus on that should be a development grade. So if we get five or six out of those teams to play senior football, that's that's a success. That, that, that's just as valuable as, as winning an underage title. So I think, and I, in fairness to the current management, they've been very open doors with this type of stuff. They really are inviting in 20s. Sometimes 20s that you wouldn't necessarily see it and they throw them into the deep end. You go back to the league, the second round of the league last year, they were going up to down to Newry to play away on Saturday night. And... Uh, Liam Silk got sick in the bus to cry off and Johnny McGrath was dropped in front of back that day. And when you look at, that was his first, that was his debut and he was dropped in, did a great job that day and he has just accelerated from that moment on. So I think the the, you know, the pathway is pretty much there. The fact that there seems to be an open doors policy that we're awarding form there, I think is all encouraging. 
Uh, as you mentioned, see any of these players of... getting game time? What, what's that? Sorry, to see any of these under 20s getting game time? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I it's just, I think it's too it's too late in the year for for that. that. I there's a lot of players who I think a lot of what we're seeing now, Paul, I would actually include Sean McCurran and Kerr Malloy in this conversation to be honest. Uh, I think a lot of that is is long term stuff, it's looking to a year down the line. I don't know how much I just think it's so tight the way the calendar is this year, it is so tight. If Galway win this weekend, you're true to a quarterfinal. That's do or die for basically three weeks in a row after that. And uh, I don't see the scope to take a vote there. Now, I wouldn't be totally and utterly ball over stunned if there was to pull a rabbit. But if you're asking me to, to call it, I wouldn't say so. Morris, you just had a piece on DFL combines and a trial up in Trinity College. There was obviously rumours and rumblings that there was going under 20s involved. From what I've heard so far from a source who was with the going under 20s this year, it looks like that it's Sam O'Neill, uh, Colin Gallagher, and Daniel O'Flaherty up there at the minute. Uh, yeah, Sam O'Neill was there. I, so, uh, yeah, so th th these combine is a it's kind of a catch all phrase, but these are, I would say these are a halfway house, these sessions, Paul. So, for anyone who doesn't know, the AFL were coming to Ireland for years and they were running genuine combines, which was 20 meter testing, beep tests, uh, agility oh. testing. There was a kick in as so it was very very refined. A lot of testing, a lot of vision taking. They'd send that over to. This was run by the AFL by a, by a, an independent party on behalf of the AFL, and they'd send all that stuff back over to Australia. And if clubs were interested, they'd invite somebody over. So that, for example, from a Gallup perspective, that's how Killian McDade first made the move. That he was invited into this combine, tested remarkably well. Like, uh, no surprise to anybody now who sees what, what an athlete he was, but he tested incredibly well. Kicked on from that. These are not that. What's going on at the minute is that because of COVID, the, the session, those comments were suspended. So these are kind of ticking sessions. My understanding is 90% of this was done with a get a football. They only brought out the Aussie rules ball at the very end of it. But a lot of this is just about how lads are moving. I think there was 65 players in total or something, you know, a huge number of players were were invited to this and there's just kind of kicking sessions. So I there's lads who were in the system before who tested at combines Beyond those names you've mentioned, I'd say James McLaughlin is still on the radar if he can get back fit. I, he was had the perfect profile for it, was involved in comments before, but just for whatever reason, yeah. had a, a horrific run of injuries. Like, just your kind of heart would go out for him. I think Tom O'Connor was involved in these sessions before. All of these ads would still be in the system. You know, technically, if, the, if it got back up and running, this, I think, was a halfway house away for them to touch base. We saw a lot of... A lot of this media was done in, in Australia. So from a golf perspective, yeah, I would say those two in particular were still in the system. And then you're talking about some of the 20s. I think Sam O'Neill, Daniel Farty, probably not necessarily in the same profile, but Sam O'Neill would be one who definitely does fit that profile. He is the, the way he, he's, you know, athletic. What they're looking for, they want kind of their version of halfbacks. So 6 2, go over their head, you know, they can catch the ball, they can move, they're uh, agile, rest of that, then this kind of personality profiling and all that kind of stuff. So it's not like there's every chance of the group, of the, for the Aussies who were here for a couple of weeks, there's every chance of all the lads who went that. None of them will ever go to Australia. No, no, not even for a trial. There's every chance because this is not the the full run thing yet. So I wouldn't be, if, if I, you know, I wouldn't be panicking if you're looking at this one with your Galway hat on and wondering how we're about to lose a bunch of players. I'm, I, I think it's 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 unlikely to be honest. Yeah, no. Um, as you said, a huge amount of players um gone to that, so it'd be interesting to see. I'll, I'll take good comfort from that from a St. Michael's perspective. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
No, Conal, I think personally has all the attributes for the compromise rules. Um, Conal Gallagher, but um, if I was putting my St. Michael's hat on, I, I, I'd love to see him in a St. Michael's jersey. But like that, you just have to wish all the guys involved the best luck. At that age, it's, it's sort of, it would be very, very exciting to be involved in that type of, uh, of an environment and opportunities for, for players if they do pursue it. But um, hope we have Conal for the rest of the championship anyways, from our, our perspective. <laughs> And I'm sure for it, Joyce. Eddie, obviously here to talk about goal or man mainly in this All Ireland series. Is Carrigan Shannon the right venue? Personally, I don't I don't believe it is. I'm not so I'm, I understand the capacity is only about twelve thousand nine or twelve thousand. Morris might know better yourself, Paul, but um I would have expected that nine, I think, for have the safety reasons to yeah. quarter to nine, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, yeah. And like Galway would probably bring nine thousand themselves. I know. Okay, the it's not it's not to knock out the 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 um the the attendances have been down, but it's just disappointing that like okay, it's good for Carrick and Shannon and 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 for the Leitrim and Connacht GA. Okay, that's fine, but I do think it could have been better venues. I know they did call for Crow Park. I can understand why Crow Park might have. Or I can understand why the GA might have rejected that because it would have given them an extra game in Crow Park which would have benefited both teams for later in the championship but definitely there were better venues maybe Clonus or, or, or even Breffney Park um, might have been better ones but again maybe Galway wouldn't like to go that far it's a, it's a fine line but look the, you would have hoped that the GA would have uh, made the call on it. I'd say personally either club either team given the type of game it was and the fact that it's not overly relevant in the context it's not knockout they could have flicked for it and maybe played either in Pierre Stadium or, or the Athletic Grounds. It might have been a better a better option, but um, nine thousand in Carrick and Shannon. I'd expect there will be nine thousand there, and would would be another nine if they if they if they venue allowed. The only thing with it yet, Mars, I haven't heard anything that it's so allowed yet, or anything. Yeah, I, I'm stunned by that. Like, I, 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 you're right. By the way, that I just I presumed that this so for. To start with your first point, just I know I can appreciate why Copac wasn't used, but I would just stress for the last couple of years we were told Dublin can use Copac the same way anybody can nominate Copac, and now apparently that's not true. When both Dowie and Arma were submitted a request for, for this game to play in Copac, but look, maybe Eddie makes a valid point there about the competitive advantage they get from exposed to that with the view to later in the summer. So we'll park that for a second. Um, and then Paul, I think like the attendance is across this. I think this new championship format, people are still getting their head around it and maybe hasn't captured the public the way we would necessarily hope. So as soon as this game was confirmed for Carcantan, I was convinced there's going to be a mad scramble and this will set out in a day. And that, yeah, that wasn't the case. But um, look, look I, I think this is it's very easy to come out and say it's all because of the style of football, it's all because of X, Y and Z. The reality is this is a complicated situation. Like There's, there's a couple of different prices at the minute. There's a huge amount of games on top of each other. There's a lot of people who kind of are conscious of the fact that it's not do or die. So there's always, as long as there's always another day, you'll wait for another day. You know, that's, it's, that's in our tendency to put on the long finger. So there's a bunch of different stuff going on for why it might not have been picked up as well as well. But all that said, I'm still, I was still surprised that it didn't immediately sell out. For Galway this weekend now against Dermody, Dale, as as I was saying, it looks like they already have top spot. They really need a significant hammering uh, here at the weekend um, to lose top spot and not win as a top seed. But 
How do you think they'll look at this weekend now against Serbia? Well, I'd be hoping myself personally. Like you could say, okay, he'll 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 use it as an opportunity to to integrate in more players. Personally, I wouldn't. I think the integration of players should be done now. He should know his his deck of cards. He should know his best fifteen. Um, he should know his best twenty twenty two players. Um, if I was Boric Joyce, I'd be, I'd I'd be treating it seriously. I'd be going out to win. Um, for the simple reason that most likely other teams will have another game before Galway actually will play a quarter final, so they could be sitting idle for three weeks. So this could be their last game before a quarter final, and could be you don't want to be cold. Um, and that's why I'd, I'd be treating it seriously. I'd be going out there, okay, maybe rest one or two. That's fine if there's niggles not to force them. That's fine, but go with his 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 best deck. That's what I'd be saying. In for the simple reason, like I said, that Galway if they most likely will top the group irrespective of the result. They'll they'll be sitting idle for a few weeks before playing a team that'll have two competitive games in the meantime. Obviously the last group game and a preliminary quarter final in the meantime. And so that's that that's what that's how I'd be treating it from Warwick Choice's perspective, treating it like a, a preliminary quarter final, going out to win it with a two week or three week break to their quarter final and it's it's knockout from there on in. Really time to kind of issue a statement as well this weekend Eddie, to the rest of the country. I think so. Like, yeah, statement. I'm not so. Look, I, I'd say he, he will be going out. With, I, I think with with the view to winning the game and putting on a performance. In terms of the statement, I'm not so sure. Um, if they need to put out a statement, but they do need to. They they, they do need a good championship workout. I think they've been by way of statement like they, they they got over Tyrone without overly exerting. Again, probably didn't really play to their potential for large parts of the, the game against Westmead, but still kicked 20 points and kicked on in the latter phases. So showed their class in that regard. But yeah, statement, probably I'd say he'd like to keep the statement performance for maybe a bit later in the championship when it comes to, to, to knockout. But he'd definitely be looking for a better performance for the 70 minutes than he got in the last in the last day out against Westmead. And um, OK, the Tyrone game, Conditions were difficult to play. To be fair, hopefully we'll have. I know we're expecting showers this weekend, but it should be better um, conditions for football. But he'd be looking for a better, more consistent performance over the course of the seventy minutes. I'd say from and um, be looking for more for some of his key players as well, consistently over the seventy minutes. Boris, what do you do from a defensive perspective this weekend? Keen Hernan played so well against Westmead. Uh, Dylan McHugh's returned to training now. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know if during competition, Paul. I, I watched back to Westmead game during the week and you, I read match reports and I wasn't sure, but Keane spent the majority of that game at fullback. Like Keane yeah. was marking John Heston. Was um, that a surprise for you yeah. for someone you see at club level? It was, yeah, definitely. I would, yeah, I, 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 Keane is very good going forward. Now, look, I mean, who might say it, it still worked? He still got up and kicked two great points and drew a great dummy for a second point. So, Maybe it works. Sean Kelly was better able to attack from the fullback line as well. So, uh, but Keane is just so good going forward that you would feel like you're kind of uh, robbing is the wrong word, but limiting him slightly in, in that regard. And if you remember, like just going back to the league, he actually played well as a, a wing back option there too, kind of, and was great kickoff well too. I thought he played well against Armagh, ironically, when they met in the, in the boxes. So, um, uh, but yeah, I think I didn't Q comes back in. Didn't is, I think, he's integral to this team. You just look at like to call him the assist king because he creates so much. Like he's so good going forward. He's been an old uber liar player for Galway. I don't so I don't know if that's the 
I don't know if that's necessarily the, the break that I could see scope for, for a change elsewhere. I still think there's absolutely a chance that Keane plays, but if it's in terms of does Dylan McHugh come back in, the answer is yes for me. Who does he come back in for? See, I, I think the your traditional understanding of a fullback line is different now because well, for a couple of reasons. A because no team plays three up. It doesn't happen. There's no there's nobody who leaves three up. So generally you're not it's not a traditional fullback man to man on the edge of the square. It's kind of a two versus two inside there. Like you go back to the, the Connor final now, for example, that was another one where you could see Jacqueline went to Nine uh, Murphy and was just kind of following him wherever really. So it might have been on the edge of the square, but it was more so it was a duel. It was about your your matchup itself. So I wouldn't be surprised if if both of them end up, if Sean Kelly and Keen Heron both end up starting in the fullback line, but maybe someone like, like Jacqueline as well. I, I think there's the scope through that. And you could see Keen John and um and Keenan McDade on, on your halfback line too. I think there's scope for that as well, particularly when you consider so the, the, the key matchups for this weekend, right? Somebody's gonna have to go to Andrew Mernon. That has to that has to happen. Now do you sacrifice Sean Kelly to do that, which he's well able to do it. I think Kinhernan is a great matchup for Andrew Hernan because he's good over his head. He can, he, uh, if you go back and watch the Toronto Mara game, Andrew Mernon ended up coming out to midfield and nearly changed the game. Like he's some of the catches he had from kickouts there were phenomenal. And Keane can do that. Keane Hernan can absolutely do, do that job. He'd be, I think he'd be a great matchup for him. On the flip side, then what are you going to do with Connor Turbot? I think Jack Lane is a great matchup for him. Perfect. I, I, I would trust that all the time. Now, the, the caveat in all of this is what's going to happen with Reen O'Neill. It was finally confirmed, finally confirmed, which again is just. I think it's a small bit laughable from an administration perspective that we only learned yesterday that they are going to appeal this um the suspension from which happened you know over a week ago. But if so depending on the circumstances that Reno Neal changes everything. And if Reno Neal starts, I fully expect John Kelly to renew his, his duel with him. That that's absolutely perfect. If he doesn't, the scope there that you know they if Reno Neal does not start, our master worrying about what do we do with John Kelly versus right if he does start, it's you know exactly what's going to happen. Sean Kelly's going to go to Reno Neal and they'll that hit hair and skin fly for 70 minutes. As well, um, <clears throat> Eddie, probably a decision to be made at midfield. Paul Connor and Peter Cook started the last day. John Mayer left on the bench, but like really made a huge impact against uh, Westmead and turned that game uh, really around for going. Yeah, again, it's just going back to both sides, let's say, the quarterfinal last year versus let's say preparing for for the preliminary quarterfinal or a last group game this year like both teams I expected our mat they the in the championship this year uh, I thought that they 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 kick on they take a lot from the unfortunate defeat to Galway or the unlucky defeat to they haven't really I think they've gone back a little bit now about Galway like the the depths that we have in our squad like if Reno O'Neill doesn't play I I don't expect that that'll be overturned, and I know, it, like Mara said, it's unusual and probably wrong that it's it, it's it's so late that it's coming it's coming coming to to the appeal to the appeal phase. But um, if they lose Reen O'Neill, I think like it's Galway are going to win that game ninety nine out of a hundred times, and that just shows the how reliant they are on them. Galway, on the other hand, you asked me the question to go back to it: Peter Cook, John Maher, Paul Conroy in midfield, like that's a Totally opposite to, let's say, Armagh, who are flying to the likes of Keane O'Neill. You could play any two of the three lads in midfield, let's say Peter Cook, John Maher and, and Paul Conroy, and they'd probably put it up to any midfield pairing in the country. It's a really good way to, um, it's a really, really good um, place we're at. It's somewhere we probably didn't have the depth last year. Same with Keane Hernan. 
a lot of managers would love to have that headache of where do we put Keane Hernan, an outstanding footballer and a really up and coming star with those attributes who can play in defence, like Mara said, or in the attack. We it, it just shows in terms of where the team is going. Midfield, I think Peter Cook's best position is midfield. Personally, I think he had a really, really good game last week against Westmeath. I, I think he's his performances have sort of steadily improved throughout the course of the league and sort of found his way back into inter-county and up to that standard which we know he has so I think he'll probably stick with Peter Cook and Paul Conway next weekend but in terms of John Maher he's a massive massive player to have to come off the bench last year um, like John Maher might be a guy that he's looking at in terms of Park in the later phases uh, of the of the championship. It's a big pitch. He has the physique and the engine, but he has that option now to maybe look at integrating maybe John Maher back into the starting lineup, be it from Crow Park, and then have the likes of a uh, Paul Conroy to come to come back in and, and finish out a game strong. Again, I don't know what Park's thought process is, but it's a it's a it's a good headache to have to have three players like Peter Cook, really good kick passer, can score. Paul Conroy, we all know. Uh, what Paul has to offer, he's done it year in, year out since making his debut in 2008 with Liam Salmon. Um, and John Maher offers a different dynamic, a real workhorse, um, physical attributes, really fit up and down the pitch and has added um, a score to his game as well, which you mightn't have had in, 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 in the years gone by. So that's again testament to Keane O'Neill and his backroom staff, uh, Porrick's backroom staff in terms of the skill levels have improved. So yeah, if Going back to your question, I know I went on, but uh, I think he'll stick with Paul, Peter Cook and Paul Conroy for the, for this game, but that might change later in the championship. Yeah, it's interesting as well, Morris, because there's probably a couple of injury concerns in attack as well. Uh, Robert Trinity obviously going off injured against Westmead, Shane Walsh holding the hamstring, and then Tom O'Callaghan looked like he picked up an injury um, as well. So you're maybe thinking if a couple of them are doubts at all, that, you could see one of those midfield options go into the half forward line. Yeah, that's I, I kind of anticipate that to a certain extent. I, I think, given Rob struggled with his ankle, or Robert Finney struggled with his ankle previously, there's every chance that you could see Peter go back in at wing forward. The other thing as well is that if Creeley and McPartland start in midfield, as you would expect for Armagh, Maher and Cook are good matchups for the two of them. They're two kind of old school traditional Mr. Gadget arm midfielders who get their paw into everything and will for kickouts and run all day. Whereas if that if that does happen, that means that Kieran Mackin and Jalio Burns are on each wing for Armagh. And like they're two of the probably two of the most athletic wing backs in, in the country up there with these kind of these hole punching halfbacks, the likes of you know like Gavin White, Jack McCaffrey, Paddy Dirk, and these guys who, who just come from deep. And if that is the case, I think Cook and Turney are good matchups for both of them. And I Turney and Jalio Burns, I don't think you'd have too much concerns about that. And similarly, Cook on and Kieran Mackin would I'd have a go to that the other side. So I think that would suit for from the perspective of this game. I would you'd have no major concerns if, if it ends up being that. From an like there's so those injury concerns are valid on the flip side then from an perspective, James Morgan did a great job on Shane Walsh last year, but he's not around this year. So what did, did they send Aid Forker after him? What do they do with Damien Comer? I think that's a that's a real headache for for, for this game. I don't know what I just don't see a, a match better who'd come out on that likely. They're be, they're two best memorizers. For me, are James Morgan and Barry Cambridge, and they're dogged by injury trouble this year. So they'd have similar concerns at pick at that end of the field. Um, and from a goal perspective, I definitely think that I, I think John, the way John Mark came on, came on and started claiming kickouts and stuff, I I could really see him gaining supremacy if it's McPartland and and Creedy. 
Yeah, I thought I just probably wanted to tidy up those injuries. You could see. Do you see yeah, anyone yeah. then breaking into getting a chance in the inside line if they have a Robert Trinity? I'm not sure what the situation on Shane is either. Um, see, it's, a, it's a difficult one like because a, a lot of the options Galway have developed are, are kind of fluid players. Like You go back to Carl Sweeney, like, I just think it was a remarkable thing that Carl Sweeney filled in where he did against Tyrone, given the the tendency has shown this year. And I think that will stand to him. But then at the same time, of the lads, like Desi is featured on the bench very prominently this year. I think not having Patrick Kelly is is kind of a, a really killer blow because you don't have the same punch in terms of going forward. So Tom McLean, as you mentioned, came on and came back off against Westmead. And he had, I, I still think there, there's a bit more kind of certainty around what they would like to see happen there in terms of being Burke, Damon Palmer and Shane Walsh, if they're all fit. Um, and I don't see... I don't see a huge amount of scope for experimentation for, for this either. I think I thought Port Royce was really interesting talking after the media game about how uh, unhappy is the wrong word, but uh, he, he hasn't been satisfied with a performance yet. Like the first thing he flagged after the Roscommon game was that spell when they rattled off one three and look and Gaudi very much arrested it back. Um, the side game was a bit of a, a bit of a non-contest. He was frustrated they didn't put the foot down against our own when they were turning down to 13 players and the same similar thing against Westmead kind of fits and starts. So I could fully see uh, how he might love the idea of Flatten and Matt go hard at this and get a great performance and they absolutely bounce into the Allied Quarterfinals and suddenly they're a team that nobody wants to play. And like Eddie, you were just touching on Irma earlier. They probably went back a bit from her style this year, like that quarterfinal game. It, there was really an attacking mindset with um, Irma, but they definitely seem to want to be a bit more defensively solid this year yeah I'd say it's evident in their games but then sometimes I find with Armagh then when the when games are starting to go away from them and they actually push up and go man man they, they, they yeah. great, like you know they're they're able to do it and I think it was at the Tyrone game they you could clearly see evidence that when they pushed up they were actually um they were actually more the capable and a lot more competitive so I I it's maybe it's an over analysis by 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 Kieran Nagini in terms of the the whole structures and the and the trying to protect the defence because like Charlie Oak Burns and Mackin and wing back like they're probably the two like that style and that physique of wing backs I know ourselves we with McDade and and McHugh were outstanding as well but that style and physique they're 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 standout players and you want those guys letting the shackles off and getting up the pitch getting scores and having the having the autonomy to do that and 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 uh, but McGinney doesn't seem to be giving them that this year it's more like I said I would have expected their man to kick on and taken a lot from last year but they've actually gone the opposite I think they've gone back a little bit and I've been disappointed with their progress I thought they would have been a good shout for for Ulster they they didn't they didn't progress in Ulster and um have been Petering through the group phase and lucky to beat uh, Westmead, but again there might be a big performance in them on Sunday. But um, I'd like to see an Armagh team at McGinley really pushing up, going all uh, going all out, and realizing the actual potential they have in their team, rather than that sort of fallback of of protecting what we have. Because the likes of Galway, yeah, um, you mentioned Shane Walsh, Damien Comer, like you, they just roll off your tongue. The, the the players at our disposal in terms of scoring forwards, they'll they'll pick off a team that sits, sits back. Peter Cook and um, can kick scores from forty yards. Paul Conroy, 
Um, we, we've loads of players that can kick from range and it'll just draw out the blanket and ultimately force Armad to, to push up. So um, you'd like to think from their perspective, I think they get more out of themselves when they do push up. Look, McGinney would know a lot more than me. He probably over them one of the most long and longest serving managers bar Colum Collins, I think, in, in the inter-county scene. So he knows the team well, but um, I do think he'd get more, from my evidence of watching them, they get more out of themselves and they push up and, and go at a team. How would you handle Ethan Rafferty as a forward, Eddie? As a forward, uh, yeah, it's very difficult. I hate keepers coming out because some coaches will tell you leave him, leave, leave him be, leave a keeper. But he's like historically a goalkeeper wouldn't be. Um, he'd leave him on the ball because they they generally weren't overly comfortable. The new style of goalkeepers, they're they're very very comfortable um, and well able. Um, how would I? How would I manage him? Um, Generally, sort of, we, we you'd find you'd, you'd leave him go and try and sort of get. I remember uh, before with Michaels, Manus was always difficult to, to, to manage. <laughs> he'd be coming up the pitch and he, he's inspirational for Spittle. And we'd like if you get a turnover on a goalkeeper, it's it's a great uh, it's a great lift. So, how we used to manage him, like more or less, like um, well, I shouldn't be I shouldn't be saying we might get them on Monday night in the draw, but <laughs> you just let the keeper up and maybe channel him down the channel there. And then have a have a man behind him to ultimately turn him over because, like I said, a turning over a goalkeeper really gives the the players and it gives the the crowd a great lift because traditional GS viewers spectators like I see my my dad he'd always be saying what's the goalkeeper coming out because his idea of a goalkeeper is inside his six yard box so I think it gives the the crowd a great lift when you turn them over but he's a he's a great he's he's a, a serious uh, serious player and begging and. Like they've really transformed the, the 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 role of a goalkeeper, but I've been kind to leave them up the pitch and then try and run them into a dead alley as such or a, a sewer, like Kevin Walsh you say, narrow off the channel and then literally block them off into a cul-de-sac. That's how I'd sort to manage them, leave them free reign. That's personally, but Morris might have a different view on on managing keepers. Is your anything different, Morris? You expect to see with Armad this weekend? I wouldn't be one bit surprised if Ross McQuillan starts. I think he has had a huge impact when he's come on. I kind of don't understand why he hasn't started more. He's an electric player. He must be one of the fastest players in the country. Like he, another guy actually went to the AFL and came back, would have been friendly with Kenny McDade over there. Um, he is just, yeah, he is rapid quick. And I think if you started a half forward line with Jason Duffy on one wing and Ross McQuillan on the other wing, it would put fear into a and as Eddie mentioned, you've got those two boys that on either wing down in terms of Mackin and, and Eddie O'Burns. That is, they've just got savage runners all over the field. They put real fear into every. And then, depending on, for the purposes of this, I'd say I don't think we really will get his mental. I don't think he should either. I think it was an obvious red card. And it, some of the stuff that's come on after this, it's kind of laughable, to be honest. Um, so I think Marnon will start in for forward. And then you could see, I, I'd start Stefan Campbell if I was from my perspective. I think. You could easily play him as 11 and he could, especially when John Daly is dropping off, like Stephen Campbell is a shooter from range that he could actually take advantage of that as well. Now, so that means you're leaving out Roy Brugan, if, if the way that I've broken this down, that I would still start Turbot as well, obviously. But uh, yeah, I think that would, they'd have a, a really fine balance to their, their forward line. And I think Ross Quinlan is a guy who hasn't captured the, the public yet, but will. I think, I think he could carry huge trash coming forward. Uh, and then the other one is what they do at the other end of the field. I don't know if. We, we, as I say, we don't know if uh, James Morgan and McCambridge are, are going to feature 
I presume they won't because it's pretty late, which means that you're looking at McKay and Forkner as their two designated man markers. So I suppose McKay goes to Comer and Forkner goes to, to Shane Walsh. I would, I think I'll have the edge there. I'd, you know, maybe that's famous last words, but I do think that Galway could get on top of that. And I think the the natural consequences, I think our man might see that Galway have the edge there and you could see them revert back to what we've seen lately, which is trying to get them a lot of help. Uh, starting slow, as Eddie mentioned, suddenly they find themselves down, they push up, they look great, come back and just fall short at the end. But um, I hope, I genuinely, I do hope, Paul, there's, there's, when you look at the two teams on paper, there's absolutely potential for this to be an absolute cracker this weekend. Like, this should be a, a blockbuster game. And I think the championship needs it, to be honest. Like, it hasn't really ignited the way we would like to it. And given how dramatic this final day could be, given how much, if, you know, if Armagh were to, to win this game, what that would do for their season, really kind of a huge lift, them kind of powering on and over the hump of, it looks like they stayed a small bit after the, the emotional investment that came with the Ulster final. That would be a huge lift for them. So I hope we get an absolute cracker. Uh, and from that perspective, I hope Armagh kind of starts front foot, trust that, but it would be, there will be six, very talented forwards. They can do the work good way too. I mean, you know, I don't need to say that Jason Duffy obviously is as well capable of that and McQuillan too. So I think there will be a, a really good balance in a team like that. Eddie, is that where going hold the advantage where Irma ultimately don't have the man makers to take some of Goal's key men out of this game? Yeah, like Morris had mentioned, some key defenders are out for, for Armagh. Um, and Shane was fairly well curtailed in the quarterfinal last year. Um, and just your point, what was it? Query again, your question. Is it just where Galway hold the advantage, maybe having the man-makers to deal with some of Armagh's key men, but maybe Armagh don't have the man-makers to deal with some of Galway's key men? Yeah, no, I think that that is, a, that is a, like you said, the two key players, two, two key defenders, Morgan and... Um, is out for for our man the next day. Yeah, Galway have the depth. To be honest, like they have, I think more depth. They have more versatility. They have forwards that can play in defence. They've like Sean Kelly have the luxury of dropping in Ian Hernan to do a job and just have a little bit more resources at their disposal. Maybe I was being a little bit harsh on our man. Like they did progress well in Ulster, um, and were were probably very very unlucky to, to lose on penalties in in the Ulster final. But I just feel they. Petered away a little bit in 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 the All Ireland series, and I would have expected a little bit more of them. That said, losing penalties can take a lot out of a team mentally, um, and it obviously did. And they were slow to start the championship, so maybe a little bit been a bit harsh on them in my in, a, in my earlier um, contribution. But definitely, I think in terms of winning and losing on on on, on Sunday, I think um, Galway have rightly favourites I expect them to win um, I expect them to win they have more depth in their squad Reno O'Neill like Morris said I don't expect his his card to be overturned it shouldn't be um, if the letter of the law has been adhered to and he's a massive massive loss if, if Reno O'Neill was involved I think it's a, a whole different conversation it's a much tighter game Park Joyce has a, a few extra headaches to consider Sean Kelly is probably taken out to man mark him instead he's most likely going to have a more of a free role to have more of an influence on Galway's attack and style. So, yeah, no, I'd expect the goal will win. We have that bit more depth. Armagh probably a more will be looking for a better performance themselves, but be disappointed in Park Joyce would too, I'd say, if Galway didn't come out on top on Sunday. Yeah, that game taking place at uh, four o'clock, Karen and Shannon uh, on Sunday and the game live on RT as well. That's all we have time for on our show for today. Thanks a million to the lads for coming on.
The Backdoor GA Podcast for 2023 is now brought to you by Steve Motor Group. For your personalised vehicle shopping experience, visit stevemotorgroup.ie. We are now delighted to announce our second sponsor of the podcast. Harper Finley are a professional service recruitment company operating nationwide and are dedicated to helping people find their dream job.